Welcome to Explore the Board Podcast. So glad you could uh, join in today. In this episode, we're going to examine the subject of separation. Where does a Christian draw the line? Where does he or she, she say, I have to separate over this uh, or that, whatever it is. And I'm thankful that the Word of God is not silent on this important subject. So let's uh, let's dive in, see what the Word of God says. 1 John 2.15 says, Love not, love not the world, now, the things that are in the world, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, John wrote this to believers. The word love gives the idea of fondness or attachment to. And we face the world daily, right? Let's be honest. We live in the world. We face it daily. It's uh, propaganda. It's belief system. It's worldview. And Christians, you know, we can't live in seclusion. That's not viable for 99.9% of us. We can't go live in a faraway monastery or anything of that nature. We have to live here. We, we, we interact with the laws, the world, each and every day. In John 3.16, we are richly ensured that God loves the world and that he gave his only begotten son to save it. The word world in that verse refers to people, to the sinners that inhabit this globe. Jesus loved the world of sinners, and we as Christians, and we are to love the lost as well. Jesus loved the world of sinners, and we as Christians, those who who were sinners in the sense of lost, except Christ the Savior, we're to love the lost too. We need to show them the way. And in John 2, 6, uh, 1 John 2.16, the apostle John explains the word world for all that is in the world. And now this explanation, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. Is not of the Father, but of the world. Uh, so the first in First John two fifteen, it tells us not to love it, and then the world means the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The world here presents the world system, which is controlled by the enemy, by those who would oppose Christ. With that said, we're we're told not to, we're never told in the scriptures to abandon material blessings in our life. These are blessings that God gives us for us to enjoy. First Timothy 6.17, but in the living God who give us richly all things to enjoy. So that would include things like the beauty of nature. So I am a great, I love fan of mountains, coastal forests, forests and rivers. I mean, I love that. I mean, <laughs> I, I go on on sites to look at pictures of mountains and, and the coastline and rivers. I mean, I enjoy that. But uh, There's nothing wrong with that. That's something to enjoy. I, I, I love laughter. I love to laugh. Now, obviously laughing at the right things. I love uh, children playing together and the child's laughter is wonderful. That's, that's, that's wonderful. And you know, we, we should enjoy that. Uh, uh, parents should be very afraid when we can't hear children playing. <laughs> okay, that's when we're afraid. But we enjoy those things. I enjoy a garden. Not going to be too long, and uh, I'm going to be out in my backyard. We, we plant a few vegetables, things just just to have some fresh stuff around. Come uh, later in the summer and things. Those things are not unscriptural or worldly. the The Lord enjoyed nature. He the Lord wants us to enjoy the nature He created. Jesus had uh, social interactions that were broad. So should we? Uh, I mean, he ate with the, the Pharisees. 
you know, and it, he was with his own family in the marriage of Canaan. You know, there's all kinds of things that he did. Uh, so we, we need to make sure that we don't have separation that's not biblical. Okay, so you know, we, we can do those things. So where does, where's the line, though? Here's a few thoughts. A believer should not have business affairs, relations, should not be married or uh, look to marry someone or have a close friendship with an unbeliever. Now, I know there's people who get uh, saved after they're married, but I'm not talking that you divorce the person. I'm not talking about that. But before you get married, knowing the person's lost, you know, that's what it says uh, in the Word of God, be not equally yoked together with unbelievers. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Like, if you're in business with a lost person, there's going to be things that you don't agree upon. All right, they're not going to be excited about giving 10% to the Lord. Uh, okay, uh, it's just so many things there. So that's a line that we definitely see. Uh, a, a Christian, we need to separate from unrighteousness and want communion have light with darkness. There needs to be separation from that. Uh, we, we know unrighteous people. It's absolutely part of life. We know them. It's not the point that we don't know people who are unrighteous. The idea is that we're not part, they're not part of our close inner circle of friends or they're not confidants. They're not people that uh, we do business with in the sense of personal. I mean, there's people in all kinds of different uh, societal places, positions of authority that are wicked. We have to deal with them. They'll pay our uh, whatever bill at the bank or whatever the case is. But the idea is that we're not, we're not commuting with them. All right. We need to separate from false teachers and, and that dispute over the fundamentals of the faith. First Timothy 6, 5, from such withdraw thyself. Now, I'm not separating from a pastor or a church who teaches that there or says that their communion is going to be on the fifth Sunday of the month, whenever there's a fifth Sunday. But I will separate from someone or church who teaches that salvation is uh, acquired by good works or kept by good works because that's contrary to the word of God. You know, and for more scriptures about that, you can look up 1 Timothy 1, 4, 4, 7, and Galatians 3, 2. As believers, we need to separate ourselves from heretics. Heresy is um, any belief or theory that is strongly at variance or difference with established belief. So a heretic would be someone who's teaching something that is opposite of what the Bible says. That's what we're talking about. Second uh, John 1 9, whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ have not God. He that abideth in the, doc, uh, that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come on any to you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God speed. For he that biddeth him God speed is a partaker of his evil deeds. Now that's specific. There's, there's for us uh, major lines. And I hate to use the word line in the sand because it's not a sand. It's easily moved. These are concrete barriers. Okay. Don't even let them in your home. You don't bed them God's speed. If you do, you're partaker. You're in cahoots with them. There are some matters that we can't be as definite about. So, should. Should one believer separate from another believer if that other believer plays sports 
Or should a Christian separate from sports in general? No, exercise is profitable. The Word of God talks about that. But if that sport becomes the overriding thing in a person's life, then there's a problem. So if that sport takes you away from church, it takes you away from service, if it tears down your testimony because of things you might be involved around the sport, then that's a problem. That's when you need to separate yourself. Innocent pleasure is not something to separate over. Uh, innocent pleasure? I love, like I mentioned earlier, I love nature. I love I love uh, walking, uh, you know, in the mountains. Uh, I guess you could call that hiking. But, uh, you know, the idea of just being out there and enjoying creation, that's a that's an innocent pleasure. But there's many things that the flesh desires for pleasure that are very harmful. And then thus, we need to avoid that. We need to separate from that. So here's a few principles that will help us in the area of separation. That maybe, uh, maybe to you it's a gray zone. You're not sure if that's something you should separate over. I must separate from anything that's designed to overthrow my faith in God. All right. So as a Christian, you're not going to become part of a communist party. Okay, or Marxist party. That, that, that's designed to deny God. I must separate from anything that would destroy my testimony or tear down my testimony. Listen, we forget or misplace the understanding of how important our testimony is. It's one of the most priceless things that you can possess here on earth. So you need to watch out for that. I must separate from anything that would debase my morals and lead me to sin. All right. So uh, I'll give you an example. Playing cards. I, I don't own playing cards myself, but uh, I don't, I'm not going to say anything to anybody who does. But if you play cards and then that leads you to gambling, don't mess around with cards. You know, that, that's a simple little analogy. Uh, you know, if, if you know you're involved with something... Uh, or that thing might lead you to, to sin, run from it. Stay away from it. Uh, Romans 12, 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what that is good and acceptable, perfect will of God. You know, and let us strive to be reasonable with others. Sometimes we start talking about separation, and uh, we can get pretty high and mighty about ourselves. You know, we are always called as Christians to be humble. So when we do have to separate from others, let's not do it with an air of superiority. Let's separate with meekness, with humbleness, and with the door still open to help that person uh, remove themselves from that. Or maybe that person's lost and they need Christ. Let's not try to slam the door on a witness or a testimony. So I hope that's helped you a little bit in understanding separation better. Have a wonderful week. Keep exploring the word and looking to Jesus.